When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday, everybody. On time and on point, your Birds 365 Mac and Mac duo of McMullen McDonald. Got you for the next couple hours right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, JM, are you ready for a football Friday? Uh, yeah, I think so. But from your hint before the program started, I might shift dramatically. I got to admit, Jody, oof, I'm tired of this uh, subject. But uh, well, let's yeah. dive into it. We are going to start with Jaquitsky Tart in just a second. Uh, yes, for those who send out my morning wake-up call every day on the stream, yes, we started on time. And truth be told, I didn't know that was going to happen today because I actually went out last night and celebrated Father's Day. Uh, oh, there we go. Late yes. celebration. Because yeah, my daughter got hung up on the weekend. I was busy. I had to do two shows on Sunday. So she said, you want to push it off to Thursday night? So we went out, played Quizzo. I had an Irish coffee, which I don't usually do oh, at wow. that time of night. So it was it was kind of questionable as to whether we were going to get this show off on time. But when I found out from John McMullen late yesterday afternoon that Jaquiski Tart's contract had leaked out, I said, I know what we're talking about tomorrow on Birds 365 because we've talked incessantly about Jaquiski Tart since he signed with the Philadelphia, or at least, at least details that he was going to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles came out like a week ago. 
It took yeah. that long for the details of his contract to get out there. Not quite the veteran minimum. So maybe we've been downplaying, or at least I'll raise my hand. No, we're not go. downplaying it. Uh, and 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 by the way, let me correct. It's not out there. It's not been leaked. It's not uh, technically, to my knowledge, he has not signed a contract yet. So it's going to okay. be well. They just agreed to terms. Um, I, I was told he got a little bit more than the veteran minimum, which is kind of surprising because he signed for the veteran minimum last year with San Francisco. Um. And, you know, maybe the Eagles had some competition. Maybe somebody else was interested. They didn't want to um, sort of uh, bother with anything of that nature. But I, I think he's going to get a little bit more from what I was told. But we're talking about, you know, maybe $2 million. Um, and, you know, I was, I, was, I was thinking about it yesterday. And I, I thought to myself, Eric Wilson, for some reason, because I, I, I said, oh, I wonder what Eric Wilson signed for uh, coming into the Eagles. And, and, and it was one year, $2.75 million. Uh, he's not going to get that. <laughs> the, the, the point is, and, and I put Anthony Harris in this conversation as well, because that's how it is. Very similar deal is how it was described to me. And he got he can make up to two and a half million within uh, if, if he plays and reaches uh, all, all the aspects of his particular contract, if he's a starting player. Uh, so basically I think they're both going to get very, very similar deals. Um, and that leads me to believe, you know, maybe it's Anthony Harris or Jaquiski Tart, not Anthony Harris and Tart. Um, but we we've talked about that before and I have no problem with the competition. Let the best man win. But I, I think the other part of that, the back end of that is Kayvon Wallace has to show up. Kayvon Wallace has to play in in training camp. Well, has to show that he's heading in the right direction. The only structured piece I see at safety and it's hard to even call him sort of foundational is Marcus Epps. They seem to really like Marcus Epps. They penciled Marcus Epps in. They expect him to be a starter. And then everything else is kind of up in the air. And if Marcus Epps is the main guy at safety, I'm okay with that. I I would still call safety one of, and yeah, people have problem with this descriptive adjective, weaker. Doesn't mean weak across the board, just weaker in comparison to the other positional groups that they have on this team, uh, I would still call that one of their weaker positions. Yeah, I would call it the weakest by far. I would even go that far. I would say weakest by far, because when I say Marcus Epps is the only foundational piece, I I don't even mean it in the sense that the Eagles think he's going to be their best safety. Um, I, I, I mean it in the sense that <clears throat> excuse me, um, that he's the guy that you know is going to be there. In other words, you know, Harris might be more important. Tart might be more important uh, to the defense as a whole, you know, after they beat out the other one or, you know, vice versa. But the one that you kind of know is going to be there is Marcus Epps. And you can't say that about Kayvon Wallace because he can also play himself off this roster. In, in training camp. 
Andre Sachere, look, he got benched last year. I told, I tell everybody, you know, he, he, he came in here as a early in the season as an addition and, and looked like a, a really good special teams player. And then he kind of fell off very similar to Aaron Sipos in the second half. And by the time they got late in the season, he wasn't one of their gunners anymore. They went to Josiah Scott. So, um, there, there is no sort of certainty at the safety position outside of Epps. None. You, you, you kind of know one of, you know, the odds, and this is how I describe it. I have to be very careful because, you know, people hear what they want to hear, Jody. Oh, yeah. The odds are Harris and Tart are both here, that those odds are favorable. But there's at least a legitimate shot that neither – uh, that only one, I, I was going to say, neither. you think they cut yeah. both of them? No, that that only one is here and they cut one of them. And for people that say, no, 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 they gave Anthony Harris two and a half million dollars. We'll see what they give Tart. That's going to be the, the the ceiling, two and a half million. It's going to be somewhere in the range of two, two and a half million. And again, I bring up Eric Wilson. They brought in Eric Wilson to be a starter. And I told him from day one, it isn't going to work. That's one I can check in the box. And you know that, Jody. Yeah. They gave Eric Wilson $2.75 million. They gave him more and they cut him and they should have cut him. Right. In, and oh, by the way, season. he did start. They yeah. brought him in to be a starter yeah. and he started. And they got enough of a look of a look at him to see what the holes in his games were. And he, they said, well, you know, we can actually do better with somebody off our bench. Why are we playing this guy just because we gave him contract X during the offseason? Yeah, exactly. I give credits to the Eagles for that because uh, they, they weren't afraid to move on from a player that when they got enough tape on him, saw him in their own system and said, no, this is not what we expected. We need better. They were very willing to move on from him. Yeah, but it, and you're right, and it's a, a check mark in their column. But I wouldn't give him too much credit, Jody, because right, it doesn't take be- much. <laughs> yeah, it, it, because that's my point. The contract is so light, it doesn't matter. In other words, and it's not going to happen. And I hate to bring this up, and I'm not even going to bring up Reddick. Obviously, Reddick's going to play. Signed for 15. They're not cutting Hassan Reddick. He can right. show up and be the worst football player in the history of the world, which isn't going to happen. They're not cutting him because of the contract. You can cut somebody on a $2.75 million contract. Maybe Bradbury's a better example of $10 million, one year. They're not cutting him. He's playing, period. That's what that contract tells you. Um, $2.75 million, $2.5 million, $2 million, veteran minimum. Now, you can move on from him at any time. That's the only thing I'm trying to impart to the fan base. And uh, one guy who is a fan of one of the Eagle safeties is a guy who should know a little bit about Eagle safeties, and that's Malcolm Jenkins. He was on the Eagles Unfiltered podcast and had some pretty good things to say about Malcolm, that he's a really hard worker, that he likes his coverage skills, that he's a bit of a ball hawk, and you know he's going to give every uh, single ounce of effort that he has and was impressed with him when he was sitting behind. In Malcolm's last season here in Philadelphia behind uh, he and Rodney McLeod. Um, so if Marcus Epps is going to be the stalwart, and maybe that's a wrong word to describe it, but it's the best one I have right now, uh, of the Eagles safety position, 
if he's getting the thumbs up from a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, it makes me feel better about what uh, we're going to get out of Epps this year if he's going to be close to an every-down player. Because last year he was a situational substitution player. He was a fill-in when guys were injured player. If he's going to be the main guy back there at safety for the Eagles, I feel more confident that Malcolm Jenkins says he's up to the task. Yeah, I have confidence in Epps because I saw him play last year. And I think I said on this show, I know I wrote it, so I'm sure I said it on this show as well, that late in the season about, you know, I'm talking probably game 12, 13, when he started playing a little bit more, I he, he was the best safety on this team last year. And I thought he was better than Harris. I thought he was better than Rodney McLeod in the time he was in there. And I was a little surprised the Eagles scaled back when they got to the playoffs and they, they started relying on the veterans a little bit more. Sort of the nature of the football coach. They they rely on the the older guys they're they're used to a little bit too much. Uh, I was a little bit surprised Jonathan did that. Um, I thought he was the best safety on this team last year. I thought he deserved to be a starter last year. I, I certainly think he deserves to be a starter this year. And it's a little bit different. Look, nothing against Malcolm. I mean, it's just you see the same thing with coaches, and and generally players are going to defend each other, and there's going to be some hyperbole uh, mixed in there. And I, I use as an example, you know, every time the Eagles showed up before they got uh, James Bradbury, it was all, oh, Tay Gowan this, Mac McCain, Carrie Vincent this, oh, we're very Zach McPherson ready, ready to go. No, no, they didn't believe that for one second. They they believe it with with Marcus Epps, I think, or at least they believe it to a to a much 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 greater degree. No, here here's why apparently I put more stock in what Malcolm says than you do. When you're a teammate, when you're still there, when it's one of your guys that you're looking across and being asked to comment on, that's one thing. When you are not only no longer a member of the team, but you're no longer a member of the fraternity, and Malcolm Jenkins is retired, he doesn't have to sweat what uh, he says about other players anymore. He's not in the league anymore. Uh, And I always thought Malcolm was a stone-cold straight shooter. Was he going to verbally throw guys under the bus? No. But did he also just give you the pap and the standard answers and the uh, uh, player speak? No, I thought he was a a guy who was thoughtful. And uh, when he said something, I always thought he was very believable. Uh, That's why I put more... um, Grabby toss in a statement that Malcolm Jenkins would make about a uh, former teammate because he did play with Epps uh, than a lot of other players. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, look, I've talked to Malcolm a lot over the years. Malcolm is very honest. Uh, and, you know, you can ask him questions about world uh, uh, views and, and much bigger issues than football. He'll give right. you a very, very thoughtful response. He, he still considers himself an eagle. Uh, and he is part of the Eagles fraternity in his mind. Uh, and he's got his guys and he's going to defend his guys. He's going to, de- now he might criticize the organization itself because of how things ended here. Um, from a business perspective, um, you know, he'll criticize Orlando Skandrick. I'll tell you that, uh, uh, with young players, he's who, very, who didn't, who uh, didn't yeah. criticize Orlando uh, Skandrick. 
with young players, he's very, you know, he's one of those sort of Jason Kelsey types who's going to mentor young players. Um, and he, and he really, really tries to advance them. He really, really tries to bring them along. It's, it's one of those things that you, you and I have talked about that mainly with the quarterback position. There's certain quarterbacks that Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at you, uh, you don't want anything to do with guys who are supposed to replace them or at least projected to replace them at some point and shouldn't be, which Aaron's right in that case. But, um, there are certain players, Kelsey being one of them. Malcolm's in that category as well. They really enjoy it. And, and, and and I'm not saying by any stretch that Malcolm doesn't like Marcus Epps. I just put more stock on what he did on the field and what he did on the field. If people didn't notice was, was pretty good last year, Marcus Epps. And I will uh, say this for the Epps fans out there. The Jaquiski Tart fans out there, the ever-growing Jaquiski Tart fan club, uh, and or the Anthony Harris fan club. Um, I've had this question written down for three or four straight days, and I've just not gotten to it um, because you need to, to, to put it in its proper context, um, looking ahead uh, for the Eagles in 2023. The Eagles have two first-round draft picks right now. Um, the consensus would be that if Jalen Hurts doesn't have a improved year, probably much improved year, the Eagles might look to draft a different quarterback uh, next year. And they've got some resources that would put them in position to do so, maybe even very high in the draft. But if Jalen Hurts comes out and balls out and plays well and we're all feeling good about him and we think the Eagles are leaning toward giving him a contract extension, the Eagles are going to have two first-round draft picks to just build up the team that we're not going to have to worry about them moving up to take a quarterback. I'll tell you right now, that will be one of the positions they will look at is safety. That well, they've doing, never drafted a safety in the first round, Jody. You're you're hearing it from me now. Now, uh, again, you got to make sure that people hear what you're saying. If they're not in play for a quarterback, which we're all rooting for that to be the case, that Jalen Hurts takes a major step up in his progression this year. If not, safety will be a position they will look at because you and I have talked about this a lot. Jonathan Gannon came from a place where he had one of the best safeties in the National Football League in position to add to his defense, to be able to do the things that he wanted to do. Malcolm uh, Malcolm Jenkins type player, but he was even a different player when he was here. Marcus Epps is not that player. Anthony Harris is not that player. I would doubt highly that uh, anyone on their roster, uh, Tart or anyone else is that type of player. Oh, they still are looking for that type of player that fills several different roles, can play all over the place, tremendously athletic safety to back end the entire defense to allow the D.C. to do what he wants to in a lot of different ways and phases. Oh, no, they're still looking for that player. And if they've got the flexibility of using those first round draft picks on anything other than a quarterback, well, I'll ask you, I'm making a question. Uh, Jason, Jalen, uh, Hurts actually earns a Pro Bowl slot. He is one of the three best quarterbacks in the, and not the fourth replacement. 
because that can happen from time to time. You can get yeah, that's what happened last year. It was the third alternate. Right. You can get pretty damn deep on the pro. I'm not talking about alternate. I'm talking about he earns one of the three actual spots on the Pro Bowl. What position Eagles using those two first round draft picks on? Well, so many moving parts here. But number one, what you said, what you said is true about Jonathan Gannon. I've talked about it all the time. He constantly brings up Harrison Smith in conversation too, you know, too often. It's one of those things um, uh, because he liked him so much as a player. But, you know, is he even going to be here? Um, you know, if the Eagles defense succeeds, he's probably going to be a head coach, to be honest. Um, and if they don't succeed and they crap the bed, the Eagles could start looking around and saying, what the heck's going on here? So that that's the biggest piece of the puzzle. But then you have, you know, your favorite, Derek Barnett's essentially under a one-year deal, even though it was said it's a two-year deal. The Eagles can get out of it. Brandon Graham is already talking about here on Jacob Sports, jacobsports.com. You know, he's he'll... He wants to play 15 years and he wants to finish his career with the Eagles. But he also said, guess what? I'll go play somewhere else next year. If the Eagles don't want me, I'll go play somewhere else. And that's, to be honest, that's likely what's going to happen. So they could need an edge rusher, which is an even more important position. And then you talk about Brad. We talked about Bradbury. One-year deal, Jody. They might need a corner. And Darius Slay's post 30 as well. There's so many moving parts. And there are there are positions with more value that the Eagles could be looking at uh, next next April that could be just more important than a position they've never used a first round pick. So we'll get into that next year. We'll be talking about linebackers. We'll be talking about safeties. But you know, Howie isn't responsible for all of that. Jeffrey Laurie isn't responsible for all of that. But hey. Jeffrey's been here for over a quarter century now, and they still aren't taking stinking safeties at the top of the draft. All right. Um, I remember, circle this date on your calendar. Jody Mack said that uh, if they don't need to use their draft capital to get themselves a quarterback in the 2023 draft, safety will be now. How he could do the old kick the can down the road thing again and uh, give himself another year. Uh, to have uh, multiple draft picks in the first round. So he could trade out. But if the Eagles make two pairs, I got a lot of contingencies. To this yeah, you got, and by the way, uh, I hope, I, I don't see a better safety prospect than Kyle Hamilton this year. And they could have had Kyle Hamilton, but they went in a different direction. Yeah, but you they know thought. they, you know, they love Davis. I know. If they there was it. any other, if there was any other players other than Davis on the board, they're, they're they're sitting right where they are. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what this team. Okay. They did love Davis. They valued that position right. more. And that's why they did what they did. All right. So here are the contingencies. <laughs> they don't need a quarterback. JG is still here as the defensive coordinator. They keep both first round picks. If those three things are in place, the Eagles will take a first round safety next year. Jody McDonald. Nostradamus, write it down. Yours truly laying it out there in mid-June, some 10 months before the draft ever rolls around. All right, we've got our own Nostradamus joining us next. He is Mr. Football Friday himself. Game day, Ed Kratz up with us here on Birds 365.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Your Mega Mac guys here on Verse 365 on a football Friday. Now, you see that smiling face, Ed Kratz? That alone should give you reason to hit the like button right now. Because you got three uh, tough guy football uh, supposedly insiders uh, follically challenged. We can tell that for damn sure. Two and a half tough guys. I'm not going to put myself (laughs) in the category of Jody McDonald and Ed Kratz. I don't think either one of us will be going out. Any of the three of us, we all pick on a fight afterwards. But if no, we gotta Ed, get tough... Ed, could, Ed, we're getting behind Ed. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> well, we are in the Follically Challenge Club. There's no denying that, fellas. But that does not prevent you from hitting the like button right now. Do us a Friday favor and uh, go ahead and like us here on uh, Birch 365. All right, Ed Gratch, uh, Jaquiski Tart in the fold. And more than a veteran minimum contract, you and John both reporting that yesterday. Um, if it's like the Anthony Harris contract, it's an extra couple of hundred thousand dollars, which, damn, I wish somebody would throw me a couple extra hundred thousand yeah, dollars. I'll take it. But if you're looking at the percentage of the overall cap with which a team has to work in the National Football League, it's not a major deal. But I was a little surprised since he played on the veteran minimum last year. Were you? Yeah, I was surprised he was still out there. I, you know, um, I had kind of forgotten that he was still out there, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I, he's just one of a few band aids this team has, right? I heard you talking before I came on about, you know, what this team looks like beyond this season, and you know, he's one of those guys on one of those contracts that the 
uh, is up after the end of this season. But I, I think it's a good signing. I mean, he's a veteran guy. He's He's been in the league for, what, since 2015, I think? Uh, 2015, years. yeah. Yeah. And I was saying, and, and I talked about this with John, that must have been a heck of a, a secondary Samford had together. Yeah. James Bradbury was a cornerback that came into the NFL in 2016 in the second round. And Tart was a safety in 2015 who came into the league as a second-round pick. So I don't know what Samford's record was then or who the coach was, but he, he did a good job putting the secondary together. Um, yeah, he should have gotten fired. I, I don't know who it was, but they had a bad defense at that level with Tart and Bradbury. Yeah, he's got to be out of there. Jeffrey Lurie's getting him out of there, baby. Yeah. He can't <laughs> succeed with that. Yeah, but I think Tart's a good – I think Tart will help, um, you know, regardless of the dominoes that will fall now that he's in the fold, you know, whether that's Anthony Harris or, you know, Kayvon Wallace takes a seat. Kay, you know, Kayvon Wallace, I think, was supposed to be – uh, Jaquiski Tart by this point in his career. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he hasn't developed. He's had some uh, nagging injuries that have kind of set him back a little bit. Um, but, you know, so far it hasn't happened for Wallace. And that's why Tart has to be here is because they don't, Wallace hasn't developed the way they would like. Um, and I think Tart's interesting to, to see him on the field again. He was the, he was the safety that dropped that pass in the NFC championship. Yeah. Game, right that in, well an interception potential interception right in his hands that would have given the 49ers the ball and near midfield and um you know the Rams took advantage and marched down to tie the game at 17 all with less than seven minutes to go in that NFC championship game and and I'll give Tark credit he did drop that INT that could have you know helped the 49ers be the team in the Super Bowl but he came out and he answered questions afterward and he didn't give any excuses so that kind of accountability uh you know wins some praise from me yeah i remember jalen rager after the uh giants game um did the same thing uh much less of a stage but i i had a lot of respect for jalen rager for doing that especially in this era where you can you can hide if you want to um we're not allowed in the locker room hopefully that changes this year but um so anytime players do that i think it does say a lot about their football characters Nick Sirianni would say you know it's interesting we talked a lot about Tart this week uh Ed because it's the off season (laughs) and people are really hyped about this uh deal and I think it's a good deal I've said that pretty consistently I think it's a smart decision um I think it's a it's a nice insurance policy um I think there's a chance he's a starter in Detroit on September 11th. I think there's a chance, a little chance, small chance he's not even on this team. Um, but I, I think the one thing it is 100% clearly is a message to Kayvon Wallace that this is it. You know, you better show up this summer or you're not part of this picture. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, I know that Howie doesn't like getting rid of his draft picks, but he's done it in the past. You know, Sharif Miller uh, came, I think, in 2018, that vaunted 2018 class. He was the one that didn't quite make it, uh, the defensive end from Penn State. But they moved on from him quickly. So I would think, yeah, Wallace is definitely uh, in the crosshairs here. If he does not show what he is capable of in the summer, then, yeah, I think he could be gone. Um, but, I, you know, and Tart, again, gives you some depth at that position. I 
I don't think it was a matter of, oh, my gosh, can Marcus Epps play? I think it's a matter of they need depth at that position. What happens if Harris goes down or Epps go, uh, goes down? Then who do you have? So, you know, Tart gives you that guy, whether he's a starter or not, he brings depth to that position. And I think that's the most important thing about his signing is the depth that he brings. Um, and, of course, Wallace, like we said, he could be – uh, he could be on his way out. You know, he, we haven't seen, I don't think we've seen the Eagles cut too many draft picks. I know they had uh, that tackle from. Well, they moved on from Rasul and Sydney yeah. at the same time. I guess that was their third year. Was it their third year? Um, uh, they came in 17 and I think they were here through 19. So, yeah, I think that they moved on after the 19. Yeah. Season. So, and those are, you know, that's a second round pick and a third round pick. And, yeah. Rasul has kind of really took off in Green Bay last season. So good for him. But yeah. um and Sydney even has turned into at least a competent player uh now that he's back home in Seattle. But um yeah, those were difficult decisions to make yeah. and they moved on from those players. Yeah, I think they would definitely move on from Kayvon unless he can show that he can be a part of this team. And it could happen by the end of summer if he doesn't produce in the in the, in the uh, exhibition games or, or practices that they're going to have. Then you know that they'll probably move on from him. I think Harris and Tart are safe. I do. I think they'll keep both those veterans. Um, I think it would be more Wallace that would be more in jeopardy if he doesn't produce. All right, Eddie. Let me ask you about another guy who uh, we brought up in the first segment. John did. And that's Brandon Graham. He was here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel earlier this week and said he'd like to play 15 seasons. He's entering his 13th, so I'm not a math whiz, but that one I can do. Uh, three more seasons for Brandon Graham. And he did note that if need be, he would play for another organization if uh, the Eagles and he weren't on the same page as to what his value was going forward and the like. Um, how many years do you think Brandon Graham's got left in him? Well, a lot depends on this season. I mean, he can say that he wants to play in the year 14 next year. And if it's not with the Eagles, it would be somebody else. But who's going to be interested if, uh, you know, he doesn't have the kind of season that, that he's supposed to have? I mean, he has to show, A, that he's not a victim of father time yet. He's going to be 34 years old, I believe. And, and two, he has to show that his Achilles is in the past. That Achilles Terry suffered week two is now in the past. So he's got a lot to prove. Um, you know, if he plays to, you know, his level or to what his level uh, should be at this stage of his career, I, I think the Eagles will bring him back. Sure. But if he doesn't, who's going to want him? I mean, he's got to show what, what he, that he can play. I mean, who, what other teams going to want somebody at his age and, uh, coming off a season that might not have been very good. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But I think if he plays to what the Eagles think he can, I think he'll be back uh, for year 14. I think he'll be in that year-to-year -year contract club with Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and, uh, you know, some of these other veterans that the Eagles are going year-to-year -year with. But I think, yeah, if he plays to his level, he doesn't have to worry about going anywhere else. The Eagles will bring him back. Yeah, I, you know, it, you're, you're right. And people don't like when you don't, throw the hot take out there, but Brandon is 34 years old Ed, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. And this whole game is based on sort of explosion. Now he's in phenomenal shape. We saw him. I mean, yeah. 
he is just a monster from a from from a weight room standpoint. So you see, he's used his time well. Um, but if if he doesn't have that explosion, he's not the same player, and that's what it's all about. And you, you just have to wait and see with Achilles and the thirty-four year old man. I mean, it's a young man's game. But I got to tell you, pre-injury. Um, I don't know if it's possible, but if it is possible, because Brandon obviously was a uh, Super Bowl hero, arguably made the biggest play in the modern Eagles history, at least going back to 1960 when he stripped sack Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think Brandon Graham is still underrated after all these years um, and, and because of the sack numbers and everybody wants big sack numbers. And you and I have talked to many coaches, opposing coaches over the years, opposing players. The offensive coaches would always say, man, we got to block Brandon. We got to block Fletcher. Uh, If anything, he, he to me has always been underrated in Philadelphia. Is, is, Is that your take as well? Or do you think, uh, people realize what Brandon Graham was for this organization and remains. Well, I think that play in the Super Bowl changed the perception of Brandon Graham. I, listen, he's a guy that this will be his 13th year in the league. And as a defensive end, he has not had a double digit sack season. I, I mean, I'm not sure how many players you can say that of that have played 13 years on the edge in this league that didn't. Yeah, he's up. not a finisher because he's no. short. well he is you're right about the explosion he does come off the line quickly um and you know he may even it's interesting when you hear these players talk about what they're doing during practices and what we've seen them do and he's been a guy that's been kind of lined up as an outside backer at times we've seen brandon graham go inside on occasion to play at the tackle position um so they're going to move him around I think a little bit, and you're going to have to be able to do that in Gannon's defenses. You're going to have to be able to kind of drop into coverage sometimes. Now, Brandon wasn't a big fan of that when Billy Davis came to town with Chip Kelly. Uh, yeah. He tried to switch into that 3-4 defense, and Graham really struggled to play uh, as an outside backer. Um, but, yeah, as far as his, you know, the perception of him being underrated or overrated, I, I think he's right where he needs to be. I mean, maybe he's a little underrated, but he did make that huge play in the Super Bowl, and that will forever uh, live forever uh, for as long as we're alive and the Eagles fans are alive. But, uh, he just hasn't put together that 10, 11, 12 sack season that would really stamp his legitimacy as a, as a Hall of Fame type candidate. Uh, let me ask you one more Brandon Graham question, and I'll take it off the field in, into the contract room. Um, Brandon has been a guy, correct me if I'm wrong, who's been very willing to help the Eagles when money needs to be moved around. And usually it's 90% advantageous to a player because it means more money immediately in their pocket. So it gives the team salary cap flexibility, but he's a guy who's had his contract redone several different times. Uh, you, you stick around for 12 years. They're going to ask you do, do do this a bunch of times. And he has done just that for the Eagles. Does that play at all in future contract considerations that your agent and the player bent over backwards to try and lend you help and hand? I'm not like saying like they're willing to take a haircut and take less money, but uh, it's still a restructuring of your contract and you're doing a solid by the organization. 
does the organization feel any obligation toward uh, if they're sitting on the fence, maybe uh, giving Brandon Graham a better offer to stay and uh, continue his Eagle career? Yeah, you know, Howie does get a sentiment, sentimental attachment to some of these players. We've seen it in the past. And, you know, there's, as a player, if, you, if you've come into the league, you know, in 2010, I mean, think about where we were. You know, we might have had hair back in 2010. That's a long <laughs> time ago. Uh, as a player, you got to think, you know, this team, you know, I've been with this team for one year. So there's probably a, a feeling from the player that, yeah, I want to stay here. I want to finish my career here. Not too many guys get that opportunity. We'll, we'll probably see it with Jason Kelsey. We saw it with Brent Selleck. Um, and I'm sure there's some others. But, you know, I think there would be kind of a feeling like, yeah, if you're Brandon Graham, let's take what, what they offer us because I want to play here as long as it's fair. And I think from the Eagles' point of view, we've seen how we – Roseman show that sentimental uh, nature towards some other players. See, I think the organization loves what Brandon Graham represents, and I think they would be willing to give him a fair deal. Now, again, he has to show that he still has enough explosion to be a force at this level. They're not just going to hand out, you know, $10 million or $8 million, whatever it's going to take to bring Brandon back for another year, just because he's Brandon Graham. Um, you know, he's going to have to live up to his end of the bargain to get a deal like that. But I think if, if all things being considered, yes, I think the Eagles would want to bring him back and let him finish his career here. And I think Brandon would love that. Yeah. And to Jody's point, I would say, I'm not going to say everybody and Andrew Brandt's going to be on the show an hour or two, and maybe he can talk about this Jody, but uh, well over 90% of contracts. It's it's written in in modern contracts that, look, if we have to restructure and give you your money up front, uh, it, we don't have to get your approval. So most of those contracts, the Eagles restructure, they set it up that way that says, look, if we need money, we might restructure. We might give you your money up front. It's not going to hurt the player, and they just do it. So it's not a matter of approval in more cases. And Ed's right from the sentimental standpoint. Howie's had a history of being sentimental. Maybe that's one of his weaknesses. Uh, and you got to be, you got to evaluate something in the moment. Is the guy helpful to the team? But when you have somebody who's done as much for your organization as BG, then it becomes a little bit more difficult. It becomes difficult not to be sentimental. They were able to do it with Malcolm Jenkins. You got to make these difficult decisions. And if if you had Jody was talking about 10 months in advance, if you had to pin me down right now, I would say in 2023, odds are Brandon Graham's not going to be an Eagle. Odds are. Um, and if he wants to play somewhere else, we'll get a job, but probably be one year. And I, I think that would be sad because you always want to see people and I want to put Brandon in this category, but there's all these, you know, images of great players going back to Johnny Unitas and Joe Namath playing in a different uniform. And even Emmett Smith it stinks, it stinks to me. But hey, if you still think you got something left in the tank, you got to go out and play. And I think Brandon pretty clearly here on Jacob Sports said he's going to do that. And I think it's going to happen. But let me uh, take John's point and answer me this, Ed. If Brandon Graham goes elsewhere, if we can absolutely determine it's not a quote-unquote money grab that the Eagles offer him a 
five million dollar deal and somebody else offers him six or 6.5 and he just says yeah i need the extra million and a half uh then that that would be something that uh we could debate and say does he really need that if it's not if the eagles make him a legit offer and he goes elsewhere will that take an edge off the fact that uh brandon graham is one of the most popular eagles with the fan base here in town well, it didn't hurt Brian Dawkins' stock. I know that was a little different. Uh, yeah, but that was Eagles. Eagles made that decision to move on right. from Brian Dawkins. That That's wasn't right. Brian Dawkins moving on from the Eagles. If the Eagles have an offer on the table and Brandon decides to go somewhere else, now if it's an outrageous difference between the two offers, Eagles are offering them veteran minimum. Somebody else is offering them $7 million. Well, guess what? I'm going yeah. too. There's yeah. no sentiment involved there. But if the offers are relatively similar – and he decides to go elsewhere because another team is offering slightly more, do you think that will hurt uh, Brandon with Eagle Nation? Yeah, I don't know. I, probably not. Um, you know, it's always about doing what's best for your financial situation, I would think. But listen, if it comes down to that and it's close, Brandon's not going to go for, you know, one or two or maybe even three million more to another team. I would be really surprised if he did that. He likes his legacy here in Philadelphia. I think he he's setting himself up for – you know, maybe getting into the broadcasting career here in Philadelphia when he's through with his playing career. Um, I would be surprised if he were to take a little bit more to go elsewhere rather than stay in Philadelphia and really cement his legacy. Um, You know, every fan's different, of course, but I would like to think that fans wouldn't hold that against him. Um, You know, he gave this city, what, this will be 13 years coming up, 13 you know, terrific seasons and okay, he goes to finish somewhere else because he needed the money. Then maybe I think fans might be a little bit more understanding, but this is a tough city. It's a tough fan base. Yeah, I might be giving them too much credit here, but I would like to think that, yeah, they would give Brandon a pass if it came down to that. We know it. We know it every day on the stream. It's a tough city. It's a tough fan base, Ed Kratz. And what have you done for me lately? So let's get it back on the field. We've been talking too much future this morning jody uh the 2022 eagles uh, we've been asking this question so i'll throw it at you in i think you know most people have speculated look the eagles have everything they need on offense so now it's up to the quarterback it's up to jalen hurts right and you know they gave howie roseman gave jonathan gannon everything he wanted jordan davis son reddick james bradbury uh Kaiser White, Nicobe Dean, they have all this, even add uh, Joukowsky Tart, uh, all this talent on the defensive side. A lot of pressure on Jonathan Gannon to, to produce. Nick Sirianni's sort of skating under the radar, man. Everybody's happy with Nick Sirianni. Mm, you start losing games. They have that easy schedule on paper, first month of the season. Let's say the Eagles come out of that two and two. Are people starting to crow a little bit about Nick Sirianni? Yeah, people were crowing about Nick Sirianni last year after five games. Oh, yeah. Well, some wanted him fired. Yeah, but they were terrible. They were two and five at that point. There's a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni. No question. I mean, he, you know, you mentioned Gannon, you mentioned Hertz, but yeah, the head coach. He has to produce some wins. And, you know, I, the schedule, I, I, everybody says it's easy. I don't know about that. I mean, the Vikings are going to be good for a home opener. They have, a, you know, they're going to be a challenge. Um, you know, there's some teams in there. 
that can upset the Eagles or beat the Eagles. I don't know if it would be an upset, but Nick Sirianni's got to win. He's got to come out. There's a lot of expectation on this team. This almost feels now like a team that's built to win the way this offseason has played out. And you talked about the future, and there's a lot of one-year contracts on this team. So this is a team now that has to put all these pieces they brought in uh, and and make it work. And that's up to the head coach to make that happen. We just saw him have this uh, spring, this leisurely spring where they (laughs) (laughs) weren't on the field a whole lot. Uh, you know, they spent the extra week in the weight room. Yippee. Uh, that's great. But, you know, now they should be in the weight room here in these next few weeks before camp opens. So, you know, you don't know if that's the right approach. The Eagles are hoping it's the right approach. Uh, it better be the right approach for Sirianni's sake, because you're right. If this team limps out to a two and three start or has a losing record as we head into the early part of October, yeah, people are going to crow about Nick Sirianni's job and, uh, you know, the Eagles, of course, will be patient. You know, they're not going to jump and fire the guy midseason, but there's going to be a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni to win, uh, more so than anybody else in this organization, I would think. All right, Eddie, you used the key word there, expectations. There are three key guys that I want to know about coming into the Eagles season, one of which I don't think we'll be hearing from, but the other two we definitely have to hear from. Jeff Laurie, probably not going to get on the record. Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. When asked about expectations, what do you think each of those guys will say? Roseman, Sirianni. What do you think you're going to get before the season starts from them when asked about expectations for this year? Well, I think they'll try to temper them a little bit uh, as best they can, you know, um, but because that's just kind of, I think, their nature, I would guess. You know, uh, they'll probably try to tamp them down a little bit and say, you know, we have to put in the work each day, you know, some kind of cliche. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put in the work. Didn't we just say the Eagles are averse <laughs> to work? We we just clarified that, didn't we, Ed Kratz? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we'll see what training camp looks like. There wasn't, yeah. you know, it was a pretty yeah. watered-down camp last year in Sirianni's rookie season. So Yeah, 90 minutes. Get off. I like that. Yeah, way, yeah. Keep it. Stupid. Yeah, I. but those joint practices were great. And, you know, there was a lot of good work that happened with those joint practices with uh, the Jets and the Patriots, I think it was, this yeah. year. 4-0, baby. 4-0. 4-0. I mean, yeah, so there will be there'll be some work put in. But, yeah, we just saw a spring where there, there was, you know, a little too, too leisurely for my liking. But, uh, you know, I, I think as far as expectation goes, I think that they'll try to tamp them down as best they can. Um, you know, they don't want to put any undue pressure on themselves either or on the players to produce either. Um, so I would think that they'll try to manage the expectations as best they can. But in my opinion, you know, the expectation is, train is, you know, roaring down the tracks here, filled with Eagles fans expecting, you know, a team to get into the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. Now that's, you know, months down the road here. Um, but listen, you, you got to get off to a quick start to keep this expect these fans' expectations uh, rolling along. All right, Ed, let, let me try and pin you down a little bit more. Will either of the two reiterate the term transition that Jeff Laurie used last year? Oh, that's done, Jody. Jo- Johnny yeah. Mack wrote a good column this week or last week, whatever it was, a couple days ago, about transitions out the window. He tied it to jaquiski tart which i'm still trying to understand but it's general sentiment i agree with there's no more transition this is a win now season 
and you think that they both will try and level it off and not let the expectations grow it? Well, yeah, the transition, I mean, they've had two drafts now, I think, since Lurie said that, right? They had last year's draft and this year's draft. So yeah. the transition was kind of, you know, as far as going from an older club to more of a younger club. And that's where the draft comes in. And they had, in my opinion, a pretty strong draft last year, uh, you know, getting several quality players in the first four or five rounds. And I think they had another very good draft this year, even though it was uh, limited in quantity. You know, I think they got a couple players that are going to help them initially and even in the long term. So, yeah, you cannot hide behind the transition word any longer. This has been transitioned. And now, to me, like I said earlier, this is a team that looks to me like it's built to win. When you look at bringing in Bradbury on a one-year deal, Tart on a one-year deal, I mean, they could have just said, let's let Zach McPherson handle the edge or whoever else, Mac McCain. Hey, let's see Marcus Epson, Kayvon Wallace in the safety. You know, we're still transitioning. But no, that, that's no longer the case. This is a team I think is built to win right now. And Ed kind of hit the nail on the head where I was in when I wrote that piece about Tarp, exactly what he said. If you're in a transition or you're in a rebuild, you have no problem throwing Marcus Epson, Kayvon Wallace out there. Let them sink or swim. You don't care. You're not worried about that Band-Aid. Same thing with Zach McPherson. Let him go out there and play. If he can't play, let Tate Gowan go out there and play. If he can't play, let Mac McCain. But no, they went out and got James Bradbury. So the indication that you're willing to bring in, in the case of Tart, it's a Band-Aid, probably more than that with Bradbury. But when you're willing to bring in these one-year pieces, it, it shows an indication. You're not thinking about the rebuild. You're trying to think about winning games this year, but I want to shift it. I want to give the cheap plug si.com uh, backslash NFL backslash Eagles read Ed Kratz there myself as well. We started our top 25 Eagle countdown. So check that out every day and I'll throw Jody this as well. Get him involved. So we did number 25 yesterday. These are the best pure football players on the Eagles, not value, not positional value, where obviously Jalen Hurts would be very important. Just the best pure football players on the Philadelphia Eagles are top 25. Ed came up with his list. I came up with our list. We mashed them together, so there's no sort of bias. Uh, we didn't look at each other's list. Number 25 debuted yesterday. Jody Mack, can you give us a guess? Don't look. Give us first, a guess. First things first. Uh, who do you – to submit your list to that does the combination of them. We did it at the same time, and we 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 tallied up the votes. Oh, you did it yourselves? Yes. You didn't have a independent third arbitrator? No, in I was thinking about Price Waterhouse, but I couldn't get him on. That's the, why on I was asking. You, you didn't yeah. ask me. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought maybe you had an editor or someone you'd send it to. No. And said, I, 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 you I do the math on that. the fact that uh, Ed's got you kiski tart not on the list and john's got him at number 12 i i'm trying to figure out i got him at number two tart, best covered safety in football well we assigned uh, point number. values too right yeah. i mean if you if we took our lists we did them independently of each other and then we emailed them to one another and we put them together and we assigned points you got 25 points if you were in the number one spot 24 and number two and so on down the line. Okay, so and there was there was a mathematical theorem you were. No, oh, yeah. Yes, there I, was that, a very high. It's never good. It's never break. good when math is involved. But that's <laughs> I, why I wanted Price Waterhouse. But you know, 
I will mm-hmm. honestly say I did not uh, check out the, the number 25 that uh, you guys have already started with. Uh, but I'll do a little quick math myself here, seeing as you have 22 starters, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. So this has got to be a quasi-part-time player that is going to be sharing some of the role but isn't a starter. And where does he fall? All right, here's who I'm going with. At number 25, Quez Watkins. Well, he was in the conversation. He he was he was near that group. Yeah, uh, it guess. was. Yeah, it was a very good guess, Jody. Um, I like how you narrowed that down too. Twenty-two yeah. starters. Uh, that was that was well done, Jody. I have to thank say you. I think it well. You know, I, I might even take up becoming a broadcaster at some point. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I had I had Quez Watkins twenty-fifth on my list. Yeah. Did you? Uh, wait a second. Oh, smart minds think alike. No, no, See, Pratt and I, where's yeah, your body go? That was, that was me. I yeah, was 20. I'm looking at it right now. Here's the Price yeah. Waterhouse edition. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree with McMullen. Yeah. It was 25. Damn it. Come yeah. on and agree with Pratt. No fun <laughs> when I agree with McMullen. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll pop in our 25 here somewhere based on probably, you know, my. Okay. Right. Well, Ed had him higher unless, than I did. Unless Ed's got him number three, he's going to be in the next couple of guys. Ed had him <laughs> higher than I did. Okay. So there's a little little foreshadowing. But I had Quez at twenty five. Yeah. Uh, through the boating, through the Price Waterhouse boating, though, Ed, tell him who number twenty five was. It fits Jody's definition. Yes, it was Jody was on the right track with a quasi player. It's Jack Driscoll, the uh, maybe the starting right guard. I don't see it, but I think Ciamalo will be the starting right guard. But Driscoll's a guy, started nine games for him last year, played almost 50% of the snaps. The problem I had, and I didn't have Driscoll on my list. This was John uh, putting yeah, him. John's off. a big Driscoll guy. He thinks he's going to yeah. win the right guard. He's just woefully wrong. Unless he I had to get hurt. Yeah, if Isaac gets hurt, then yeah, Driscoll slides right in. But but then Driscoll uh, Isaac, gets hurt. Then what do you got when Driscoll gets hurt eventually? Because he yeah. gets hurt. That's that's why I left him off the list because he's too uh, unreliable at this stage, right? I mean, he's, but then, he's finished, but then again, then again, so does Isaac. Both yeah. of those guys are an injury waiting yeah. to happen. That's true. Yeah, but Isaac's uh, got to have more of a career at this point with his injuries. That's um, why I knocked Hart down from number two because he's missed 31 purposes. games yeah, in yeah. five years. <laughs> Understood. All right, Eddie, thanks for hopping on, buddy. You got plans for the weekend? You going to do anything silly? No, nothing silly at all. Um, probably just kind of sit around. I was good, hoping to get up to the uh, U.S. Senior Open in Saucon Valley. I'm still waiting to see if some tickets come through uh, for tomorrow uh, to get up there and watch uh, Jay Haas and Rocco Mediate and uh, you know some of these heroes of my my yesteryear. Phil, Phil going to play on that tour too? I, I know he's got the whole live thing going, but he's he's old enough. He could play senior, right? He could. He could, and he'd probably do yeah. well on it, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, think he's they, not playing the Senior Open in Saucon Valley anyway. Hey, by the way, Ed, because I don't think the Eagles have said this, so I'll do it on the show. Uh, I saw, I think it was the Seattle News of all people. I guess they gave it to them first. Um, Jason Kelsey's uh, Ocean Drive thing is going to be on Wednesday, I believe. This upcoming week? week? I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I believe. Just giving Ed a heads up in case you want to go down the shore. He got got plans on the 29th. It's all you, Jody. Unless Jody right. wants to 
swing it for yeah. us. Sea Isle duty next Wednesday. What do I got Wednesday? I got to do a WIP show. Not a, a, a non-usual day. Yeah. I got to do Birds 365. It's tough to get down there, perhaps. Duty start. calls. Duty calls. Because if, if Kelsey's pouring, I'm drinking, which is oh, yeah. not going to be hey, good that was for a great us event getting up early. Year. Yeah. That was Ed was cool there last year. Yeah. I was there last year. A lot of fun. Um, he didn't have as many teammates as I think he'll have this year because they had just put it together like three days before the event. Yeah. Um, but I think now with more time to prepare, it'll probably be even better this year. So if you didn't get there last year, it was a terrific event. Jason's pouring behind the bar, drinking jello shots and swigging beers. And, you know, it was, it was a lot, a lot of fun. So yeah, now maybe yeah. I'll have to make that trek down. Somebody, there. Somebody's uh, going to get down there. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, thanks, bud. Uh, have guys, a good thanks. weekend. We'll get thanks, you up Ed. again next week as uh, you re reveal the top 25 Eagles. So I'll, I'll continue to take guesses if called upon. Right, Ed Cratch from uh, Sports Illustrated, the Eagle Maven, uh, here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, speaking of Jason Kelsey, I'll weave him into the next segment of this um, uh, show, including some rankings. John just said he and Ed have their top 25 Eagles. Um, guy who I do like, do respect. I've had him on uh, my radio shows many times as a guest over the years. Pete Prisco of CBS Sports came out with his top hundred in the top NFL. Hundred. Top I got to look hundred at. players. And, 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 you know, I was looking up, we were having that conversation about Brandon, my thought that he's underrated before we get to break. I know we've got to go to break. So starting in 2012, I went back and, and looked at the pro football focus grades of Brandon Graham. So I want to give them to you real quick, Jody. Okay. 2012, two of 94. 2013, 19 of 90. 2014, 6 of 103. 2015, 10 of 106. 2016, number 2 of 108. Wow. 2017, number 5 of 108. 2018, number 7 of 104. 2019, 15 of 104. 2020, 10 of 108. And 2021, obviously, he was injured. This is a great Never, never dropped player. out of the top 20, right? Nope. nope. He's in the top 20 every single year of defensive yep. ends. That's, yep. that's pretty damn good rating for Brandon Graham. You are right on the nose on that one. All right, uh, but I'll maybe show you a place where Brandon Graham doesn't get respect. Well, he really shouldn't. Because of the right. sacks, Jody. It's because of the sacks. Well, last year it was because since we're talking well, about he's hurt. forward, yeah. a projection. Yeah, yeah he... No, I'm not talking about it now because of the injury. But throughout his career, because he's not a finisher, he's not the long – and this is how I always describe it. You'd rather have Jason Babin or Brandon Graham because I'd rather have Brandon Graham every day of the week. Well, uh, as would I, but uh, other places. And you're we're using pro football uh, focus as a uh, baseline um, when you are talking about uh, major respect – from a group like the Hall of Fame, yeah, Brandon Graham's not going to get there. Oh no, because they you're right. They do lean on sacks. Oh and yeah, and that's a pretty well-respected group that's put together. They have. There are different guys. There are guys like J.J. Watt who who did both. Uh, you know, I and you know a lot of it is, and I joke, Brandon is short. That's why. Um, People always talk about length with edge rushers and you got to have these long arms and that's because the great, great pass rushers, the guys get who, who get 15 sacks, they all have those long arms and they're all just these big praying mantis type players. They look like Josh Sweat, basically. Um, 
And Brandon's not that. He's more of a fire plug, but he's a great football player. It's sort of like a, a great quarterback who's a game manager and just wins and wins and wins, but gets criticized because he doesn't pick up big numbers, sort of like that. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are your Mac and Mac Birds 365. Guys, come back. I'll run down the uh, Pete Prisco Top 100 list, in which at least one man's opinion, a little disrespect for the Eagles. We'll pull, you in on, we'll pull you in on the details when we get back here on Birds 365. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to Reddit, go to look. Fake them on. Mama, go. Oh, mama! <laughs> She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. got your MAGA Mac guys here on Birds 365, McDonald and McMullen hanging with you. Uh, Andrew Branch uh, from Sports Illustrated, Business of Sports Podcast, former NFL executive is going to hop aboard with us here in about 15 minutes or so. I did enjoy the reading of Pete Prisco's Top 100, 
players in the National Football League projecting production for the 2022 season. Uh, interesting list. You can go to CBSSports.com and check it out if you so desire. Um, was wondering how many Eagles would actually make the list of the top 100 in the league. It uh, ends up that four Eagles made the top 100. That's not a bad number, John. When you think of 32 teams in the National Football League, if you got four guys apiece, that's almost 130. They're only, you're only talking about 100. Um, so the overall number of four doesn't bother me as much as the placement of the players. The Eagles do not have a player in the top 74 players in the National Football League. They're oh. o- Oh, for the top 74, that stings a little bit. If if you did you look at the list ahead of time? I didn't. I'm gonna try to okay. pull it up then now. don't no 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 don't. I want to ask you who do you think they have ranked as the number one player on the Philadelphia Eagles in ranking the top hundred in the league? Number one player on the Eagles. Well, let's see. Let me let me Jody Mack this. I gotta um you're talking about you're talking about a small group. And I've just done this exercise with Ed, so right. There's four. Yeah. There's four Philadelphia Eagles in Pete Prisco's top hundred, but the highest ranked one is seventy-five, which yeah. means they're all. Well, I'm trying to think, but we're talking. Who's, yeah, the highest eagle. Um, you're talking about. So you're talking about Lane. That's right. You just voted for the top twenty-five. So who do you have as your number one eagle? Well, I have my number one eagle, Dallas Goddard, which I've said on this show and pretty consistently he's not going to be number one because ed didn't have him as high as i did i forget um i forget who ed had number one so i'm trying to think who i know prisco's not going to take dallas goddard um that's why i'm trying to think i'm trying to think who prisco is going to take so there's only a certain group of eagles in the conversation sure goddard should be in the conversation kelsey lane um Darius Slay, AJ Brown, probably, probably Jordan Mylotta. So that's the group you're talking about. Who's he got first? Probably Lane, I would think. Um, that would be my guess. He's got uh, Lane Johnson as the 90th best football player coming into the 2021 yeah. season, and the third Philadelphia Eagle. He's got two Eagles ranked higher than Lane Johnson. Where they got to be in that conference. So now I'm going to say if he's got Lane 90, I'm, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. He's uh, AJ number one, Jordan number two. Um, Lane, you said, is three. And I'm going to go Slay. All right, Number since you, you laid him out that way, I'll give you the way that he ranked them. A.J. Brown is his fourth Eagle oh. in the in the top 100 at uh, number 94. Uh, who did you have set next? You had... Uh, I, I had uh, Jordan as one. I had Lane as... Well, Lane, you told me Lane was three. So I had A.J. as two, and I had Darius as four. Right. Uh, Mylotta is the highest-ranked Eagle. They have Jordan Mylotta as the 75th best football player coming into the year. Darius Slay at number two for the Eagles, number 85 overall. Uh, Lane Johnson, number three for the Eagles, number 90 overall. 
and A.J. Brown, fourth on the Eagles, 94th overall. So the Eagles have four players, which is not a bad number out of the top 100, but none in the top 74. All four Eagles are in the final quarter of the top 100. And then they listed uh, honorable mention. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's not number 101. They don't rank them specifically. They just group them all together as honorable mention guys. And the Eagles have three guys in honorable mention. Your guy, you had number one, Dallas Goddard, which means he could have been 101, but that's a pretty good chunk behind him. My ladder, if he's at number 75. Uh, Hassan Reddick is also honorable mention. And Jason Kelsey is honorable mention. And there are 47 honorable mentions. I counted them up. They don't, they didn't number them. So I had to go through and count each and every single one of them just to see how many he had. So there's 147 total, top 100, and then 47 more. Jason Kelsey's not in the top 100 players in the NFL. And I know that Jason is getting long in the tooth, but friggin' Tom Brady's still in the top five. So uh, age should not be a major factor if you continue to produce. That's where the disrespect comes in for me. That's why, sorry, Pete, I just flat out disagree with you. Jason Kelsey, and I love Jordan Mylotta as much as the next guy. One guy's been there, done that. The other one's just developing and getting ready to take off. He's got Mylotta, his number one guy, and Kelsey further down the list than that couldn't crack the top 100. I'm sorry. Kelsey has earned this until we see the drop-off. And it's funny that I brought up Brady because it's the same thing I say about Brady. I'm sorry. I'm tired of being wrong, predicting, oh, this is the year we might see an actual step back from Tom Brady. I've been saying it for a damn decade, and he never takes a step back. So I'm going to take the same exact stance with Jason Kelsey until I actually see a erosion of his game, a step back as slight as it may be. I'm not going to project it. I'm not going to predict it. He just comes out and plays to the same level of excellence every single year. Why shouldn't I think he's going to do it again this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on Jason Kelsey. I don't I don't get, and I'm going to say this about my, my own list, which is coming out with Ed as we continue to, I, I don't know why. You know, it's one guy's opinion. If you don't like it, turn to the next guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I I can't get upset about rankings. I mean, would I have a bunch of Eagles higher than that? Yeah, probably. Um, what I, I I just gave you, my, my, I know people don't agree with me on Dallas Goddard because, um, well, one, you know, tight end is not a, a, a sexy position. There are, you know, it's not unsexy either, but, uh, people like quarterbacks and receivers and edge rushers and corner. We know, we know what they like. Um, you know, there's certain guys. I'm not, the Eagles don't have Aaron Donald. I assume Aaron's number one. I mean, uh, and I don't, I don't know, but I got the uh, list in front of me. Hold on. Let me look, uh, check real quickly. The number one player in the national football league is a guy by the name Aaron Donald. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, and and Rogers should be up there, and yeah, Mahomes he would be number be two. There. You want to keep going, John? Yeah, see if you can get <laughs> well, number three. Uh, Mahomes, Brady. That would be number three. Very good. See if you can get number four. Brady, no. Uh, what's Brady five? Mm, Brady's six. Yeah. So I mean, there are there are true superstar players, 
And I don't know if the Eagles have somebody who belongs in that top five or top 10. I think that's fair. Um, once you start getting into, you know, was Jordan Mailata the 75th or whatever he was best, or is he better? Um, you know, Kelsey certainly would be in my top 100. Uh, Lane as well. Um, Eagles have a lot of good players. So that's, that's why they, that John, that's why they put these lists out for debate. Yeah. So guys like John McMullen and Jody McDonald, whoever show can go on and go, wait a minute, you're disrespecting this player. That's the reason why you do the list. Well, and you yeah, can't take I mean, I guess I, yeah. you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, you know, to me, it's, it, it's more of, all right, some guy's opinion. Cause I know what it is, you know, but I, I don't, I don't understand why fans get angry about it, I guess is what I'm saying. So all right. Well, I get angry. I just let it go pretty quick. I'm not going to brood about it all day. Well, I'm going to be angry not, in the moment. When I read I'm the not. list, I go, oh, man, they have no Eagles in the top 75? I of didn't even I sense angry. you got angry. I'm, I wasn't necessarily talking about you. But people do get angry about it. I've seen players, one, you know, Darius Slay already, you know, when the Madden rankings leak. They get upset about the Madden oh, rankings. Madden I'm like, they take Madden very seriously. Oh my lord! I'm like, who gives a flying? Some nerd in Simi Valley's coming no, up with no, this. No, no, that, no. That, that, that's that, never that's saw disrespect, John. If yeah. you are not giving your proper Madden cred, oh. that's serious disrespect. Oh my god! I got I do it every year on Twitter. I said, the next editor who tells me to do a job, and I'll say this, and I'm going to curse. So get this ready to bleep uh, if we want to put this. Can go. No, I'm not going to do it. Can go F themselves. I am not doing or will ever do a story on Madden ratings. They are ridiculous. Ridiculous. Fuck Madden ratings. Don't tell me to say <laughs> There it. it goes. There it goes. Yeah. But I do don't. I, 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 come on. Come on. They take that stuff seriously. I know. I had and the, the reason is because. It's not just an individual thing. Like you and I have our individual opinions. And some people who are listening to stream, we thank all 175 of you who are on right now. Please hit the like button. We could use your love. Um, it, the fact that someone on our stream does or doesn't agree with our opinion, yeah, it, it, it rubs me the wrong way in the minute, and then it's over and done and gone with. Oh, no. Those players talk about their Madden rankings oh, I all know. I've had year long I've had amongst themselves. Now with social media and guys hopping on social media, it's worse than it's ever been. Oh, no. Locker room uh, when they're together for charity thing during the offseason. Oh, they talk Madden all year long. Oh, I know. I've had the conversation with players and I've said, I, you do know that they don't watch anything. They don't know anything. And I, you know, I put this on Twitter and I even got contacted by one of the Madden PR people in a joking way. I said, I'm not insulting the game. Have fun. Not, knock yourself out. But I mean, to take this seriously and think this is, this is meaningful uh, to an NFL team. Oh, he's got a good man. We, we, we're better. We better relook at the tape. Um, and most of the case, to be honest, they just steal it from pro football focus anyway. So most of it is, um, 
okay, who do they say are the best players? And they give them the best rankings. And then I think they screw with a couple of players. Like Slay, I blatantly think they screw with because they know he's going to talk about it on social media. And he doesn't get a 90 and he's upset about it. And all of a sudden, everybody's aggregating 15 stories out of it. I'm just telling, this is my personal, every single editor I've ever worked for, if you ever ask me for that bullshit, it ain't happening. I love it. Uh, well, not that I'm a writer, but I have no problem talking about Madden, even though I've never played a down my entire life. Never been a gamer, never played Madden, but know enough that you don't want to screw with a guy and disrespect him by not giving him his well-earned, in his own opinion, Madden ranking. Yeah, you can get a guy not talking yeah. to you all year long. Oh, have I you? know. I, I have you. And by the way, if you're a player, worry about what your coaches think of you. Yeah, you Don't worry that's about kind it. of more important yeah. than your Madden yeah. rating. You're exactly right, John. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, we got to take quickie time out. We hope to be joined by Andrew Brandt, Sports Illustrated, uh, his Business of Sports podcast, former NFL executive, former Eagles executive, uh, Andrew Brandt, scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. 
Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with Mac and Matt. We had a third voice for our final uh, 20, 30 minutes here. Uh, always a pleasure when we get on the executive director of the very prestigious Villanova Law School, uh, still SI contributor, podcast host, business of sports, as good a sports podcast as is out there, and former NL- NFL executive. We just ran out of time. It takes me that long to go through his list of credentials. <laughs> Andrew Brandt joins us here on uh, Birds 365. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well. Good to see you guys. Good to be with you again. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Andrew. I guess we'll start with, why not, Daniel Snyder in front. Not in front. Obviously, he was not Roger Goodell. His job is the lightning rod. I'd like to call him the highest paid lightning rod in the world. Right. Uh, sort of deflecting. The dog and pony show that was the House Oversight Committee. But your thoughts on where we are with Daniel Snyder? I think we've gotten this sea change, Andrew, where I think the league would like to get rid of them. And in theory, they can do that. I think with 24 votes, do you think it's a possibility that Daniel Snyder eventually is going to lose control of the Washington Commanders? Well, a lot to unpack here, John. I mean, one thing that you're right, obviously, about, I've been talking about this for 10 years, that Roger Goodell is paid to take the bullets, take the heat, take the missiles, so the owners don't have to. Some people don't realize that's a big part of yeah. his job. Oh, yeah. Well, back in the day, we talked about a commissioner as best interest of the game, and I teach this in my classes. It was for the players, for the owners, for the game, for the fans. But we've gotten such big money into sports right now that they're really there to serve the interests of their constituents, the owners. And boy, was he doing that well. I mean, <laughs> he, uh, he deflected. He let these congressmen, or at least half of them, go hard at him and strident questioning, all because Daniel Snyder is on the south of France on a yacht <laughs> and couldn't be bothered to take an hour with the most supreme body in this land. Um, so Goodell did his bidding. And yes, he earned a good chunk of his 64 million that day. And Goodell has a great way of answering questions without answering questions. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest, he, he's great at that. So I'm not as bullish as you, John, on the possibility of ousting him because this has been decades, decades where he hasn't changed the name decades where there's been a toxic workplace. He's got financial improprieties. He has allies. And if Roger Goodell had 24 votes to remove him, I think that would have happened. I don't think he's going to call for a vote unless he has 24 votes. And I just don't think so. I mean, I know at one time him and Jerry Jones, Snyder and Jones were very close. I think that's still the case. I don't know. And, of course, Jones wields a lot of influence. Yes, yes. All right, let me uh, try and narrow focus it even more than that about those 24 votes. How many of those fall into the category of there but for the grace of videotape go I? <laughs> that they're, they're actually worrying about, yeah, if they kick, if I kick out one of my boys, 
Yeah, right. who are they coming for next? They're, now they're going to set the, the the narrow focus in on me. How much of that plays in the behind-the-scenes conversations that are going on between the owners of Roger Goodell? Yeah, I think so. And I just mentioned Jones. I mean, in, in the past three months, we've heard about Jones having a secret child. We've heard about Jones's <laughs> top, uh, top assist, top PR guy who was peeping Tom. Uh, yeah, yeah. Locker room. So God, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's some of that, Jody. I really do. Um, yeah. The other thing is, you know, precedent. Forget about skeletons in the closet. You know, do we really want to have a precedent where owners can get kicked out for bad behavior? You know, again, think about this in another context. Um, can someone have his business taken away? Because he, I don't know, what, whatever. So, and, and think about owners coming in and paying billions of dollars. If that's on the table, maybe they don't pay billions of dollars, you know? And, and that's another thing to think about. So I, I just, <laughs> I'm not seeing it. He's survived this long. I think he'll continue to survive. Unless this is from a Washingtonian who friends and family are still telling me, how do we get him out? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, now you, you mentioned that word precedent, Andrew. Some argue that there already is a precedent with Jerry Richardson. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the NBA, you know, matters, but they've done it with, with Donald Sterling. Um, the Richardson case, though, because that's more, uh, I think, valid when it comes to the NFL. Is that just the difference there is that Jerry was willing to walk away? Versus so. Daniel Snyder. Uh, I think so. I mean, Jerry Richardson in my day, I was in the league from 09 to 99 to 09. He was a player. You know, Jerry yeah. Richardson was a big time uh, owner in terms of policy. That's changed. He kind of fell out, you know, maybe had some some issues and uh, he wanted out. And I think that's the difference. You know, I think this was an aging owner. Uh mm -hmm that wanted out. This guy in Washington does not want out. He, he wants to stay in as long as he can. All right. One of my favorite lines that you use on social media, there will be lawyers, um, <laughs> certainly is uh, on point with the Sean Watson on many different levels. We've yeah. already been dealing with it and lawyers making comments and lawyer call a press conference. I want to specifically tie you down on lawyers for the Texans. Mm. that they have settled 20 of 24 cases, but there are still four sitting out there. And the whole story came out about uh, a Texans employee giving Deshaun Watson an NDA to cover his own backside because some of the massage sessions he's having were going sideways and the like. I thought that made them complicit, at least in part. If they all get settled, then it's no skin off the Texans' back. But if these last four are going to be difficult, can the Texans get drawn into it legally? Will they need lawyers? Yeah, I think they will because not so much the the women. Um, I would just think that this is something that the NFL would look into. Listen, let's be honest. My, my experience, the Packers, the Eagles, all the teams – do special things for their superstars, but there's a line, you know, like for Brett Farr, for Aaron Rodgers, you know, their agents got full run of the place. Other agents didn't. 
you know, their families did, other families didn't, you know, you just do these kind of things. Um, but this seems crossing the line. Now, if they sort of had a relationship with this swanky hotel in Houston and said, yeah, you know, he's our star, let him use it. That's, I guess that's okay. But the word, and I had Jenny Rentress from the New York Times who broke this story on my podcast, the word that I got me antenna was arranged. You know, Houston Texans arranged for this. I don't know legally if that would imply that the women could sue, but I, if I'm the NFL, I'm like, arranged? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, paid for? Because paid for is outside the cap. Right. You, you, you can't give yeah. a player any any compensation outside the cap. So I would be, if I'm the NFL, I'd be looking into that. And maybe they already have. Um, but broad, broadly more on, on Watson, Jody, I, I've been consistent on this. Uh, I'm a lawyer. Back to lawyers. Uh, there's precedent of Roethlisberger, Elliott, Kareem Hunt getting six to eight games with no criminal charges, no criminal charges. And of course, Watson has no criminal charges, but those were one woman, one woman. So I just don't see how he plays this year, according to the NFL suspension. The NFL PA will challenge it, of course, but I don't see him playing. I, I don't, I see the suspension being all year. Um, I think a lot of people are leaning that way, Andrew, but it's interesting because the new CBA has kind of shifted the, the system. Yeah. And previously Roger Goodell was sort of the, the judge, the jury, the executioner, so to speak. Uh, now they have an independent arbiter. It's going to be Sue Robinson, but it's interesting. This is the interesting part to me. Uh, so the NFL can evidently recommend a punishment and that, is expected to be a pretty significant recommendation. As you mentioned, um, the NFLPA can offer their recommendation. Sue makes the decision. And then both sides can appeal that decision. And if they appeal that decision, it goes back to Roger Goodell. I, 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 that, that just seems so convoluted to me. So yeah, we have I mean, an extra layer this is the product of bargaining where they didn't want him judge, jury, and executioner, and now he's just appellate judge. <laughs> but, <if you're, laughs> but as appellate judge, he has final say. Now, uh, it's a little unclear if he can raise the penalty. Um, but anyway, this is, this is the way it is. But, you know, Sue Robinson's a judge. So yeah. I, I think a judge, I think precedent, I think a lawyer. So I think there is, she's going to see it the way we see it. Wow. All right, Andrew, let me ask you a, a broader-based question when it comes to, as John just touched on, the collective bargaining. Um, they're forming a search committee to potentially find Demaris Smith's replacement. He is still in place as the head of the NFLPA, but when you're putting a search to committee together to find his replacement, means you're not going to be there forever. Uh, the the players continue to lose the collective bargaining group, and there's so many layers to it. You're so more adept at being able to analyze this than someone like me and John. But it seems to me, just from a novice point of view, the players always come up short. The owners cling to every single dollar they can, and the only give back they give the players is less work. And oh, <laughs> by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles, in a world of less work, work less work than anybody else. Um, but I am digressing and getting off on my eagle rant. Um, 
will the next time they go to class, and I know it's years down the road, yeah. will the players ever actually get the the owners to give up a sliver more of <laughs> the actual financial pie? Or will they just continue to win these hollow victories of, hey, you can only practice for 90 minutes on a given Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that been two bargaining agreements, Jody, where if I'm an owner, I'm like, you mean we can get the deal we want economically if we just have them practice less in yeah. May, in April and May and June? Yeah. Like, cool, you know? And, <laughs> and, and so, I don't know. Listen, there are a lot of people that say, oh, they'll, they'll never get benefits because they're not willing to strike. They're not willing to sit out. Well, baseball and basketball and hockey have made gains without this sort of resigned feeling that they're, you know, they'll never stay together and all that. I'm not sure football players realize the power they have sometimes. Um, it'll be interesting with a new director, you know, that's going to come. Maybe it doesn't come soon with this search committee. Maybe it's just for the future when Demore Smith does voluntarily step down. But as you said, we're locked into this agreement to 2030. So yeah. maybe the new guy <laughs> will be stronger and getting better, getting gains for the players. Andrew, uh, recently on Sports Illustrated, uh, you took a look, we mentioned Deshaun from a Houston perspective, but from a Cleveland perspective, they're the team that gave him uh, the first ever fully guaranteed five-year deal in the history of the NFL. And obviously that has made them sort of a pariah uh, amongst uh, certain other organizations in the league. But right now they have two quarterbacks on their roster. Yeah. I think you mentioned account for what, 65 million and your thought process is neither will be on the team or, or playing for the team. Deshaun's actually going to be on the team, but likely suspended. Um, how do you do that if you're the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> well, that's why they signed a guy named Jacoby Brissett yeah. but, uh, as a placeholder. But, yeah, quick two things. Watson, you hear my thoughts on that. So he got a $45 million bonus, $1 million salary. The one million is the only thing that's affected by suspension. Yeah. What the Browns did, I know Browns fans tell me, hey, they've done that for other players. I guess. <laughs> no, but they haven't done it for anyone facing suspension. So 45 million, if he settled each of those cases for 500 grand, that's 10 million out of his 45 yeah. million. Not well, it was 100 grand, the original. We don't well, know yeah. that, but it, sure it might have gone up. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think he'll play the the Mayfield thing. They exercised the option two years ago. He's got 19 guaranteed. Uh, I outlined three three ways they can deal with him. One, they trade him with an asset. Someone take the 19 million, give him a second round pick to do it. Uh, they're probably not going to do that because they got no first round picks coming up. Um, or pay off part of the contract, maybe pay him nine or 10 million as a bonus, like a give going away present. And so the new team only gets $9 million to deal with. But I, it is a chance they could Deshaun Watson him. In other words, like Houston, they can just have him there and say, shut up, stay home, and you'll get your million plus a week. <laughs> and that could happen, probably would only happen if no one wants him. And I'm not sure anybody wants him. I mean, people bring up Seattle, Carolina. I mean, if they wanted him, I think they'd have him by now to have been in their in their mini camps. But 
I'm not, and and that's an amazing statement, right? The number one pick in 2018 led the team to the AFC Championship, and no one wants him. That's quite a statement. Yeah, uh, my how the mighty have fallen. Um, this is uh, something that I think you can shed light on that uh, maybe John and I uh, wouldn't because you're ahead of the curve. And when it comes to trends of salaries in the National Football League, that was your valley, Rick. You were a cap guy when you were in the league. We saw this offseason, the salaries for top flight wide receivers just go through the roof. A quick rise. There's always the incremental increases because the league generates more revenues because their TV contracts go up every single year. So we understand everybody's making more money in the NFL these days. But every once in a while, you see a trend where there's a major tick up at a position. It was quarterbacks before. This offseason, it was wide receivers. If we're talking about percentages, is there another position that you think – Jody, keep your eye out in the next year or two. The percentage increase for the top flight players at this position could go up exponentially. Well, you're right about receiver. There are a lot of teams cursing the Eagles right now. (laughs) Because it's one thing for Devontae and Tyreek to get those massive extensions. But A.J. Brown was only in a rookie deal. And that's different. That's different. So, uh, yeah. That wide receiver position went crazy. You know, I'm going to go with a boring answer on the other one because it's quarterback because of Watson. Now, we're going to see not so much the number. There were guys in the 40s. This guy's 46. But I'm talking more about the guarantee. Will will other teams do this? T. Bashadi made some comments at the owner's meeting. That's the guy we're looking at. Lamar Jackson, whether you've got an agent or not an agent, doesn't matter. If he's going to get a five-year fully guaranteed, $46 million plus, and you know what? He should because they can explain away Watson all they want, but that's, that's the market. And Jackson's had a better career than Watson and been less injured. So uh, I don't know how the Ravens get out of that deal, and then we'll see where it goes from there. I know you got a Ron Andrew uh, at Andrew Brandt. Uh, follow him there on Twitter, si.com. Real quick, the escrow issue with some cash board teams. Yeah. If you're Joe Burrow, you're Justin Herbert, uh, yeah. and you look at Deshaun Watson, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to start at $240 million. Can 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 cash board teams afford to do That's that? a real problem. You talked about two teams that can because – they're family-owned. The Browns own the Bengals. The Spanos own the uh, Chargers. And those teams are not, you know, billionaire owners. And it's $180 million in escrow for Watson from the Haslams. $180 million. Now, can, can the Browns put $180 million in escrow? Can the Spanoses? I mean, these families came up as when the franchises were worth $80 million. So... <laughs> I don't know. That's why this deal to me, I've been writing about it all off season. is just stunning, stunning that, well, I guess the legal outed, of course, but it's the impact. And we've only seen one big quarterback deal since that's Derek Carr. They didn't go into all these, all these guarantees, you know, we'll, uh, the one to watch is Jackson. And then next year, those two guys. 
Going to be very interesting. It is always interesting when you uh, say you'll come on with us, Andrew Brand. Thank you very much for doing so today. Uh, we'll get you back on when we get closer to the beginning of the season. But thanks for giving us a summer insight. Thanks, guys. And people were asking about the newsletter. It's at andrew-brandt.com is how you sign up. Every Sunday, I give a free newsletter. I read it every single Sunday. Give me the, uh, for those who want, and you should sign up today because it's free. Give uh, the email address one more time. for everybody. Yeah, go to, go to andrew-brandt.com and sign up right there. Outstanding uh, Sunday reading each and every single week. We've made Thanks, reference guys. to it here on the show many a time. Andrew, thank you. That's Andrew Brand here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, we still got, oh, 15 minutes of Philadelphia Eagles to talk. End the week. Put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Got your Mac and Mac guys back put down a bow on the show for the entire week, too. 
as well here on Birds 365. All right, let me get a couple of um, absolutely necessary plugs in here. Um, Jacobsports.com, uh, Johnny's column yesterday was about, shoot, now why am I forgetting? What did you put up yesterday? Um, uh, it's a good question. I got it. Oh, Jordan Davis being the third down. Right. What Chris Landry off, said. Off yeah. What Chris Landry said, yeah. which was a, a good, fun conversation slash debate that we had here about how important Jordan Davis could be for the Eagles over the next four years, five years of his uh, first round draft pick contract going forward. On top of that, um, the stance that uh, Chris took that. You got to be a three down player. If you want to be a truly superstar yeah. player worthy of being drafted in the middle of the first round, you got to play all three downs. You can't just get it done on two downs. That was a good debate between you two guys. So, yes, get to jacobsports.com. John's got new stuff up there every single day. You can get all your Jacob Media shows there. It's a worthwhile website for you to bookmark and go back to a couple of times a day. Uh, Andrew Brandt's uh, newsletter. He sends it out for free every single Sunday with his insights. You got to check it out. Go to his uh, website to sign up. Uh, I have referenced it several times here on the show over the last several months. It's a must have. Um, and one more. And I'm a fan and I reference them as well, or it's more so he, but it is them because he's got a couple of guys working for uh, Mike Florio, profootballtalk.com. He's got an article today about Dan Snyder in which certain things come to light about actions Dan Snyder has taken in the past and things he said about his own employees that are just flat out wrong. He is just a bad guy, period. Don't care about his competency as an yeah. owner and winning the offseason and willingness. He's just... Uh, He's a, out, yeah. I, you know, that during the, the I wanted to bring this up with Andrew, but we had limited time. Uh, during the hearings, there was a a part of the deposition where one of the one of the uh, witnesses talked about the Lerner family. They had some kind of real yeah. estate deal uh, and the sour milk escapade. Yeah, uh, he's just a flat out. He's yeah. a bad human being, yeah. Dan Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. In the NFL, it was known uh, for years. I mean, people joke about it. If you've ever been to FedEx Field, well, number one, it's a dump. But number yeah. two, and if you've ever gotten to see where the players go in or, uh, you know, there's sort of there's a place where the bus can come in and you got to walk to the right of a long hallway to get to your locker room. And and right in front is the the Washington Redskins football team commanders cheerleaders locker room and for years when when the opposing team would come uh they would have the cheerleaders conveniently stretching uh so the players would see them as they walked in uh and everybody would joke about it it was an obvious uh attempt you know to get distraction your, to get distraction. their mind off their business yeah but to ask you know and and in in today's world, the Me Too world, where Daniel Snyder is, where to actually have that as a strategy, uh, you know, again, make it as 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 what you will. But that was a sort of open secret around the NFL. 
Uh, it's absolutely you, you. You do really need to read the account of what some of his employees said under oath to the Senate subcommittee yesterday. They throw God that they throw him under the bus. And it sounds like he deserves to be thrown under the bus now to try and not go down as bad a road as he is. But I'll do that anyway. Eagle fans root for him to keep his job yeah. because the guy has just been a stone cold loser. Since he's taken over that organization, they have won diddly squat uh, many a year. People, oh, look at the move to Redskins. Look at the, the Redskins. They're just flat out bad. They have been bad under him. And if you are an Eagle fan, they want to continue to be able to get the better of the Washington Redskins football team commanders. Call them whatever the hell you want, because they've been all of those things under Dan Snyder. Oh, you want them to stay in place because they don't win with him as the lead guy. And I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. I've been um guy I used to do a show with uh, was a uh, actual pretty good friend with him when they were both together in Chicago at the same time and uh, has called him just out of the blue to get him on our show. All he's got to do is like send a text and Rivera will call into so. So I've been a fan of his for a long period of time. Yesterday he felt the need to put out an official statement about the culture of the Washington commanders that he was hired to come in and change the culture of the Washington commanders. And he was involved in the hiring of a guy on the business side who had just recently been hired. Talk about covering your own backside and throwing everybody else adrift. Yeah. The culture stunk before I got here. I had nothing to do with any of these things they're talking about on the uh, up on the hill hey, today man. that had nothing to do with gotta, me folks let's know. get on the record here i was not here when all this you know what was going down man, yeah when 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 when, when congress shows up you got to cover your own you yeah, know I what so. uh, when the tv can yeah i mean it's a mess uh, i i wonder at what point ron Rivera says you know what this isn't worth it um um if it continues the way it's going but you're right if you're an Eagles fan. And a, a, a lot of the Eagles' success has been built on the dysfunction of, of Washington and Dallas and um, even the Giants when they made the shift away from being one of the most uh, consistent organizations to just changing coaches every two years and firing the general manager, Jerry Reese, and uh, they went from that sort of, I don't want to call them Pittsburgh-like, but they were as close to a continuity standpoint as just about anybody as a consistent organization. Then all of a sudden they turn on a dime. Uh, they've been a disaster since the moment they made that decision. Um, Washington, Dallas. The one thing you say about Jerry Jones, though, he's trying to win, uh, but he just makes a lot of goofy decisions, and he's um, – kind of a, um, you know, he can go off the handle at any moment with a bad decision. And uh, part of that is being the steady ship in those troubled waters. That's been the Eagles. They've had their own issues. They've had Chip Kelly and power struggles with Howie Roseman. Everybody's got issues, but they're pretty consistent. And, and when you compare them to the other teams in the division, and that's that's a positive. I would rank the Redskins slash football team slash commanders 
so well below at fourth, it's not even funny. You're right. The Giants, it's been a while since the Giants had success. Playoff winning. Uh, Got to go a uh, decade plus now to go back to the Super Bowl when um, Mr. Manning beat Mr. Brady. Uh, I think it's just been a couple of bad decisions. I don't think they're bad ownerships. I still think they've got good ownership in place there. They've just made mistakes. Not everybody can get every hire correct. And I think the Giants have made some mistakes and some bad hires. Like you say, Jerry is always willing to spend. He loves the limelight. And every once in a while, that gets him in trouble. And uh, uh, Andrew brought up the Rich Dalrymple thing, which you and I yeah. have both kind of forgotten about. Yeah. So, yeah, the Cowboys have had a couple of issues. Not as bad. As, to me, Washington is just so much worse than anybody else in this division. Oh, they it's are. Not even they are. Close. But the division as a whole has kind of gone south, except for the Eagles, um, from an ownership standpoint. And you're right. The Giants is more of bad decisions. Look, they moved on from the GM. They probably shouldn't have. They made, you know, they lasted. They went we, too oh, long with Eli Manning. Uh, are you, who are you talking about, Jerry Reese? Jerry not, Reese. Okay, yeah. Just from a consistency standpoint. They waited too long on Eli. It's tough to walk away from a player like that. And and they waited too long and they struggled. But then with the coaching decisions, you know, you, you got to give a guy a chance. I, I don't know. Look, we can look at it in hindsight with Ben McAdoo. All right. Uh, the Eagles wanted to hire him. He, he, he was good for a year and then it kind of fell off, um, fell off the rails. Um, and and then you talk about Pat Shermer, and it seems like and Joe Judge was kind of a disaster. Um, that's yeah. See, I actually think Judge was the best out of those three. Really? If wow. there's one guy that I, they moved away from too quickly, I would say uh, more so Judge. Well, McAdoo he, uh, definitely had Shermer the most success. He had one season where they were pretty good. I forget they might have won ten games one season with McAdoo. I'd have to look it up real quick, but he was the one who at least had him going in a right direction, but he was more See, of... Yeah, I, I, I'd attribute McAdoo's success to the fact that, you're right, Jerry Reese wasn't as bad a general manager as Gettleman was. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Gettleman has taken the talent of that organization down more than anything else. Yeah, and he had been the offensive coordinator uh, before he got the head coaching job, and that was 2016 when the Eagles... Uh, the story goes, I don't know if you heard that story. I probably said it on the show. They had a welcome basket for Ben McAdoo. Right. Uh, they were going to hire him uh, to be the head coach. And the Giants convinced him to come back uh, on his way to accept the job, literally heading made, down. Made a U-turn on the Jersey yeah. Turnpike. Molly Pitcher service area. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I'd like to say Molly. I don't know which service area. Um. And then he went 11 and five. I just looked it up. Uh, so his first year, 11 and five, and they lost to the Packers in the wild card game. And then he comes back the next year and starts two and 10 and doesn't even make it out of, of the season. That's amazing. You think about that 11 wins and you don't make it out as a first year head coach, first rookie head coach, too. First time head coach. Believe me, I watched <clears throat> I watched a lot of Giant football that year. He deserved to be fired. Oh, I'm not he disagreeing. Was just flat out bad. But that's uh, amazing. That's an he, amazing 180 that quickly. And he was the guy who stewarded it, and I didn't have a problem with the Giants firing him. Judge, Judge just 
he was probably and probably still is, and he may never get another shot, overmatched for the position. I think he's a good man. I think he's a smart football guy, but he just seemed to not grasp everything it took. Probably because he learned at the foot of Belichick. He still thought he was coaching in the 1990s. And it, it's a whole nother deal in 2020s. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Judge just didn't seem to comprehend what you needed to do to adjust to be able to coach at this time. I, I, I still I, think he's a good football guy. It happens every time the rookie head guy. It happened to Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed in that two and five start. It's one of the reasons he gave up play calling. He was overwhelmed. It is a job you have no experience for until you do it. And you see the enormity of the job and either learn on the fly and adjust and keep getting better and better, but there's going to be startup costs. And all those rookie head coaches this year, same thing. People say, oh, so-and-so is going to do this. No, they're going to have the same issues. They're going to be overwhelmed. And they're either going to get better or they're going to get worse. Well, we'll continue to try and get better next week. We do so every single week here on Birds 365. Uh, Johnny Mac, have yourself a good weekend. I'll be looking for something on jacobsports.com. I'm sure you'll come up with some other new angle on why uh, Quez Watkins should have been number 25 and Ed 25 you to push you down a little bit. He should have uh, been 25. Yeah, I should have done You and I agreed point. on it. Yeah. And, and you and I don't agree on anything. But yeah, yet, boom, exactly. we both had Quez Watkins at number 25. Yeah, I'll be I'll be looking at Sports Illustrated over the weekend to see how the rest of your twenty five rolls out. Oh, you're not going to like twenty four, by the way, Jody. I'll leave you with that. I can't say it. You but you're can't not have, like it. You cannot have Derek Barnett in the top twenty five Eagles. You're you not going to like. You're not going to like. Cannot. I not will boycott like both you and Kratz if Barnett is in their right. top twenty five. Okay, so Jody might not be here on Monday. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to tune in to find out. We want everybody to have a great weekend. We'll be back here in two and two. That's two days. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.